home building and remodeling show. Let's go! Welcome everybody to the home building and remodeling show. My name is Chris Kirby and I'll be your host. I am the owner of three construction companies on the Alabama Gulf Coast. The show is about residential construction. We're going to cover topics of home building and remodeling. Are you thinking of doing a remodel or building a home? Are you a contractor looking to improve your knowledge base or grow your business? Have you ever done a remodel project or built a home? There were so many things you wish you knew or that you could have done differently during the process. Then this show is for you. We break down the process of building and remodeling and how to have the best results during your project. Whether you're a DIYer looking for tips, someone looking to hire a contractor to do a project, or a contractor looking to expand your knowledge base or your business. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Stay tuned. We kick off the show with my thoughts on home building and remodeling. I'll share best practices and talk about some of our experiences in business and out in the field. These shared thoughts and lessons learned are meant to help you on your very own journey. Let's go. One of the toughest things in construction or for the client in construction is getting them to understand how much legwork is involved in preparing a piece of raw land for construction. And so we're going to talk through that. I know here at Kirby Homes and uh, Kirby Custom Renovations, we have pre-construction checklists. I also have a pre-construction coordinator that helps the client walk through the entire step, um, the entire process of pre-construction. Um, our checklist has uh, 35 items, believe it or not. So there are 35 things on our checklist that have to be done before we even break ground to start the build. So we'll go from really the beginning, which is identifying the lot and why you want your builder involved when you first start looking at lots is because the builder is going to take a look at the lot and he's going to understand the site and prep work that it's going to take to prepare the lot. But not only that, he will also, he or she will also understand what it's going to take to get the utilities to the property, whether or not you're going to have to have a septic or will you be on public sewer? Are you going to have to have a well or are you going to be on public water? Can you even get utilities to the property depending on how rural the property is? And then sometimes that will deter a client from buying that piece of property because it does cost a lot to do the site prep and get it ready for the utilities to be connected. So it's going to take the builder, the engineer, the actual electrical company, the electrical engineer from the electrical company to come out and take a look. And then you can determine the cost, right? So how much does it cost to run electrical a thousand feet into the woods and how far will the electrical company go? And then can I get my electrician to tie in from where they're going to set that, that power, that, that box? There are limitations on what you can do depending on the property, where it's at, how rural it is. Whereas in a subdivision, an empty lot, let's just say an empty lot that's clear, is much easier to prepare, to prepare for building on. So your builder 
um, should be looking at that and telling you, okay, most likely you're going to be on public sewer, public water. Here's how much it's going to cost to connect to those. Here's who you need to call. These are some of the things we do. And that's why just identifying the lot and then looking at and evaluating what it's going to take to prepare the site to build your home. So that is the first step in our checklist. And now we move into Shop Talk. It's the portion of the show where I bring in a co-host and we cover trending topics in home building and remodeling. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. It puts you in a situation, every build, you're going to be dealing with the same people. So you, you know, you do not want to, you know, but on our part, we're, we're listening to the client ask what's the problem, you know, what's the problem, what's the status and wanting updates and, you know, yeah. we're transparent. We use a program yeah. to communicate. Uh, we use a program called build book and we're able to communicate uh, through that every day. Us, the designers, everybody who has a, an interest in this build is able to go and build book yeah. our subs and communicate to the homeowner so they knew what was going on. But to hear day after day waiting yeah. on the power company, it becomes frustrating. It does. Right? And it, the other part of that equation is <clears throat> within the entity, like for instance, the power company. Yeah. It depends on who you have coming out to check that. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're going to have certain guys that are going to be more lenient than others. And for instance, that one. Uh, if we'd have had one one guy, he might have been like, "Thing looks good, work. Yeah. wired good, we'll work boom, we'll wire it." But yeah. then you have this other guy where I can't reach it. I'm not going to get up onto a ladder. Yeah. So I'm gonna make you know, and it, it it's it falls basically it trickles down to even when you're running underground power with that, <clears throat> when you're trying to tie into an existing service along the road, um, you've got one guy that'll be. Hey, if you get it within two feet, we'll cap it off. Yeah. But then you got another guy that says, no, I want you hooking into my yeah, straight conduit, all the way to all it. The way to it yeah. And I'm not going to do anything until then. And that cost us on a previous job three or four days where yeah. we had to literally come in and dig two feet worth of dirt and tie in a conduit. Well, and that's where, um, you know, being a home builder is more than just the building part. You do really have to know some of the engineering stuff because Correct. you're responsible yep, you for re reviewing plans for accuracy. They can be over-engineered or under-engineered. Um, and a lot of the times, you know, a good engineer will go out and check the site and, and look before they engineer plans. Yep. And, you know, in some scenarios, which leads... Yeah, it's a good segue into um, our next topic is working with the building inspectors. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just kind of talking about what what you're saying. There are different building inspectors. We deal with nine different municipalities in the county, and uh, so each municipality has a head building official, and then they have inspectors that work for them. Okay, mm -hmm. but ultimately, they're overall responsible for. The final decision making on a home build. Well, you can have very lenient building inspectors. Okay, lenient meaning um, they're going to call it out, but they're going to allow you to fix it on the spot. Yeah. Where you know, and they're going to talk to you about it, and they're going to work through it. I wouldn't say that we've got a bunch of building inspectors running around just missing a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. However, they're human, yeah. and anytime a human is involved in, in the work that we do. There's errors that could happen. 
we have to be thorough enough as builders and as we learn, and this is the professional development side, to catch even stuff that they might miss. Because another scenario that we have had happen, um, for instance, on stairs, you know, where we're going through the framing and they will come in and and pass the framing portion. Mm -hmm. And then later, right, during another portion of the inspection, they'll call out something that should have been caught on framing. Mm -hmm. And we have now covered it up or you're missing a strap that's covered up or uh, we didn't get a picture or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's due diligence because inspectors have a lot going on. They are responsible for not just residential, but commercial and reviewing plans and, and so much more than just coming out looking and going that they might miss something. Yeah. And so that's part of our quality control. And I know for you uh, specifically, you have really dialed into all the different types of inspections that we've gone through. Each of our homes has been custom and different from the other one, but you've really dialed into what the inspectors are looking for. We take, we compile a list of hits throughout, and then we've got that for future reference. Yep. You know, you throw um, in too the, with the different municipalities, <clears throat> you've got your typical, uh, the, the IB, uh, IRS or, uh, IRC, IRC yeah. code that everyone goes by, but each municipality has the option to add additional addendums yeah. for that the, that they're going to enforce. Yeah. So not only do you fall, and they all, they all fall under the IRC, they actually take it one step further. Sure. So like you have to be cognizant about those two when you're building in that area yeah. with following the local regulations and what they, especially in our area, being on the coast with the hurricanes coming through. Yeah. Especially when you're on the coast down in, let's say, Gulf Shores or Orange Beach area, um, you're dealing with a lot more uh, more stringent rules and regulations. Yeah. With regard to strategy. Well, so there's, yeah, there's it's the high wind rating Correct. and we get hurricanes and stuff. So, and we have things like uh, the fortification process that we go through. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and and we'll, we'll roll right into that. So, you know, always working with the building officials, but what here on the coast, we have gold fortification process. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now our builds, all of our homes that we do, we do gold fortification on. And, you know, as a custom builder and living in this community, it's one of those scenarios where you really saw it after Hurricane Sally, where there were certain homes that were blown down mm-hmm. and the stronger homes definitively were standing and intact and, um, you know, they would have damage and stuff, but a lot of that was because they were properly fortified. It really does make a difference. And so we've made the decision that, um, you can build just a a typical house and in accordance with the residential code and, uh, the code is minimum standards. But for us, we're going to fortify these homes because of the area we live in. And that is, so explain the difference between um, a building inspector and the fortified inspector. And then I'll talk about even further what a home inspector looks for. But can you explain, you know, is the building official? So the building inspector is going to basically, he's following 
to make sure everything is following that inner the the IRC code. Yeah, and, and the code and right branch. is for it's for safety. Correct. Realistically, a lot of the stuff that they're looking at is safety regulations. You know, electrical, plumbing, stuff that could and, harm people. And going back, I mean, when we're building a house, we're, we're I mean, it's not just a we're not going off of a set of just straight architectural plans. Sure. They have been uh, gone through an engineering firm to make sure that everything is what is needed to yeah structurally sound structurally yeah. make that house resilient to the uh, best of our abilities for a storm like a hurricane yeah so these inspectors are using those plans and they're going by that engineered set of plans to make sure that everything that engineer has put in right is actually been installed and a lot of the times if there is a deviation needed it's not the the building official that you talk to about Correct. making it you have to go back, go back to, the, to engineer. the engineer the building official is going to go with what the engineer says they are yes. not engineers yep. right they are out inspecting for safety yep. but they are going to abide by what an engineer tells them yep okay now how is and you go through a series of inspections throughout a home build your major inspection is what we call a four-way uh, what is a four-way? Four-way is where you're getting the the structural, the mechanical, which is your electrical, uh, the HVAC, and the plumbing. Yeah. All inspected yeah. per code that everything passes ready for the next phase of that. Yeah. And that's, that's basically, for us, that's about halfway. Yes. And, uh, you know, we really can zoom after that. But that is our biggest inspection point. And oh. Now we're going to move into the portion of the show where we talk interior design. We're going to bring in an interior designer and we're going to talk trending design and products. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. All right, Christy, let's pick up where uh, you and dad, my dad, uh, who, who are, yeah, we call him Paul. everybody does. But let's pick up right where you left off talking with him. So when I came and got you so we could, you know, do some film and recording uh, for the show, you guys were having a conversation about what? Roofs. Okay. Roofs. Mm -hmm. And pertaining to one of the remodels we're doing? That is correct. Okay. So this particular remodel is um, pretty much, it's not a gut job, but... Well, it's, it's turning it's, that way, it right? Is, yeah. It is. It's getting um, there. So, so it's, a, it's almost pretty much a whole home remodel. Right. Kitchen, bathrooms, master bathrooms, flooring. Right. Um, so, yeah. So and, they will need a whole new roof. Um, so his question to me was if they, if I had met with them about the roof color, their selection, um, and just seeing what was the next step with that. And have you, and, and, or did you already pick that for them uh, or how is that no, process No, I haven't. Going? So okay. yeah, we, we have to meet together and decide. They will most likely probably choose what they already had because um, nothing with the brick is changing as far okay. as color. So now we did add some hardy out front mm -hmm. and kind of, cause it, it was all brick home. Right. They had little bits of stucco. Uh, we've taken all that off and we are putting Hardy up front, right? We had our um, architect come out, redraw the front, is it reimagine? What do you call that? Just redraw, Just right? Okay, so he redrew the front and um, now we're adding, and why do you do that? Like, why would you, is that to give it some shape, some detail? That was or? actually, so when they came 
to KCR about um, this remodel. They already had in mind what they the direction they wanted to go. So gotcha. they yeah. had already planned on removing all the stucco, adding um, the board and batten, and um, the only difference exterior that we changed is instead of doing that to only one front gable, now they're doing it to two to make more of a statement on the front. Was so, that per you? I mean, is that something was, that you kind of talked about with the, with the client? So how did these changes, right? How do those occur during well, a remodel? What's it, typical or well, atypical? Right. So it, it always changes and it always ends up being usually a bigger job unless yeah. it's, um, and especially in this case, because like you're saying, once you get into the walls and you might find a problem and then there's another problem and you just, it ends up being just a complete, it's close to a gut job. So yeah. there's going to be more selections. There's going to be more choices to make. So it just, it kind of snowballs, um, especially a job like this. So it just kind of happened that way. It yeah. wasn't, but they are very open to well, I mean, making it look the best they can. And if that includes adding another, I think just proportionally wise with the exterior of their home, it just will look better. So yeah, we kind of so, came together on that one. Yeah. yeah. And then he, the same um, architect drew a new porch for mm -hmm. them on the back. So we're going to do a covered porch and stuff, which all of that has to be done before we do a total re-roof. Yep. And we're getting to that point. We're a few weeks away from closing this job out. And uh, for us, this was a larger remodel. Like I said, a whole home. Yeah. It's a house over 3,000 square feet. But, uh, you know, we're going down this path because it all started from termite damage. Right. Right. And um, there was some lawsuits and all this different stuff involved because termites can get sticky, just like mold or any other situation mm -hmm. like that. And what we're finding as we're going through this remodel um, and we you know, are prepping the bathrooms, we're taking off the drywall and stuff to look for rot and all that, mm -hmm. we're finding more termite damage right. and it just continues to compound. Mm -hmm. um, but we were in a situation like you told me earlier with their mudroom where the mudroom was an add-on. They mm -hmm. weren't originally doing the mudroom? They didn't think, well, so when I had gone for my consult, um, our estimator had already gone out and given them estimate for the remodel yeah um he was actually the one that told them about kirby interior design services so he we we he whatever the next yeah. time i went up out with him um and so when we were walking through the house going over the changes they wanted to make they mentioned that they really wish they could do a mudroom and so i'm just standing there looking at them all I'm like well you can i don't yeah. know why, why can't you and then i'm asking the estimator like why can't we? Have Why can't we? Yeah, because he does. He does construction too. So, a benefit to having an estimator that does both of those. Yeah. So he knew right away. Like, yeah, we can do that. So we eyeballed it and did the measurements, and so that's kind of how that happened. So that autom automatically added on to their estimate, but they are super excited about that space. So. Yeah. So, and you know, in addition to all the work we were doing, we added the mud room, but. Again, in the mudroom, there was a ton there of termite was. damage. Yeah, right. And had that not been something that we added on, mm -hmm. that termite damage wouldn't have been exposed. And, uh, and, and, you know, and stuff like this, is it happens in our industry where one small thing just turns into mm -hmm. this huge thing. Um, but when it comes to the client making these selections, as we have gone through this process, 
Uh, we have talked a lot about timeliness, selections, budgeting, right? And I pick because uh, Christy has a handwritten sheet that she's tracking a lot of the stuff. We have a software program build book that we use to communicate and has allowances and things. So let's get down to the basics. What is an allowance? An allowance is the amount that we are projected, I guess would be yeah, the right projecting word, for the to yeah. spend for um, faucets, fixtures, lighting. So give me a give me a scenario. Um, maybe use this this as an example, but uh, of what a line item for allowance. Okay, would look so like. an average cost of a faucet. Um, just sink faucet. Sure. We would probably give them an allowance of 250. Gotcha. Um, now, how does that work? Well, uh, right now, so gold finishes are really trendy. Gold is right back. Now. Yes, so it is. Because yes. of that, those. Yellow fixed, gold, shiny gold, bright gold. What kind of, of gold? It, all of it. Really? Oh, but goodness. mainly the brush gold. But still. <laughs> okay. It, that throws your faucets, your finishes, uh, finishes up in price. It does. So, so color two fifty might seem a little high, for, but it is really not. So and you can color matters high. on price or finish. Yeah, it does like, finish. Okay, mm-hmm. it really does. Mm-hmm. So so I have a client right now, not black and gold. So all their fixtures are more than what now. Stainless steel have you be. noticed that? Um, and we'll get back to the allowance line item. Sorry, I'm just digging in a little bit on this, but because it's going to help our clients who are watching this. Right. So have you noticed that if you know, an item is trend or a color is trending mm-hmm. that the price of product goes up. Does that happen? Like yeah. it does. Mm-hmm. So if it's more trendy, mm-hmm. right? So you're saying that gold is in, in stock. Yeah. So a so gold that's handle. That's your most expensive metal right now. Really? Okay. Fixtures and yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. As always, we are grateful for our listeners and your continued support. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media via Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Get more info at our website, www.thehomebuildingshow.com. And as always, remember who we are, the Home Building and Remodeling Show.